This is Books, Beats, and Beyond, where we will bring you provocative music and engaging interviews from music artists, authors, historians, and others barely acknowledged by the mainstream media. I'll be your host, Taj. Before we get to the show, I just want to say thank you for all of you out there who are supporting the show by clicking on the links and purchasing the music or the books. We appreciate you very much. And for all those who haven't and are thinking about supporting us, just go inside the show notes of each episode and click on the links to the songs or the books, and it'll take you right to where you can purchase it. And it's a win-win because you support the guests of the show, um, and we get a small commission, which then goes toward to the operations of the show. So again, for all you who have supported us, thank you so much. And for all those who are thinking about supporting us, we appreciate you as well. All right, peace. Today I'm talking with Maryland native MC Substantial. Substantial has collaborated with a long list of artists, such as the legendary godfather of hip-hop, Cool Herc, Bootsy Collins, all-star rockers Gene Simmons and Bruce Kulick of Kiss, Odyssey, Cutting Lingus, and that's just to name a few. He's also worked with brands such as Ford Motor Company, Amazon, Uber, and Bentley Motors. We'll be talking about his fourth official solo album entitled the past is always present in the future. Substantial, welcome to Books, Beats, and Beyond. Peace, family. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on the show. So, before we get into it, how did you come? How did you get your moniker, Substantial? Sure. Um, I was named. Uh, I was given that name by a friend of mine. Um, he used to go by the nickname Beast, and um, yeah, he he basically put together this showcase um, at Pratt Institute where I attended. And um, I think uh, Black Thought and a few other MCs um, were supposed to be on the bill. And so at the time, he didn't like my stage name, and he basically decided that he was going to change it. Wow. <laughs> and, um, and so he came up with uh, Substantial, and he put it on the flyer and everything, all before even talking to me about it. <laughs> wow. And, yeah, and so uh, so I had to cancel anyway, so I link up with him. I tell him, I was like, oh, unfortunately, I'm going out of town, um, take care of some family stuff. So I won't be able to attend. Um, and he was like, well, here's a flyer anyway. And so I see it. And I'm like, dude, you didn't even put me on the flyer. <laughs> and, and that's when he tells me, well, yeah, that's you right there. And he points to uh, Substantial. And he basically, um, you know, we got into it for a quick second. I'm like, Yo, what is this about? And then he breaks it down. He just felt like it represented the type of music I made way better than my old stage name. He, he, just, he was like, when you look at the definition of Substantial, that represents the music you make. And... It has your real name in the middle, Stan, you know, so mm, wow. I was like, what? and there you have it. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah, wow. You know, sometimes it's it's kind of humbling and when other people give you the nicknames, you know. And right. So what, before that, what did you call yourself? <laughs> Don't laugh at me. Okay. Uh, my my old stage name uh, was Confucius, believe Word. it or not. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, still deep, too, but yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, um... Um, how has Maryland influenced you becoming a music artist? Um, 
growing up in Maryland, man, it was uh, it was very different than obviously a uh, New York per se because it's like you're near a city, right? Mm-hmm. But it's uh, but you're in the suburbs pretty much. Right. Um, but but then it's weird because the suburbs in Maryland, depending on where you live, could they very much is the hood. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like it looks like the burbs but (laughs) it's not the same um and so i mean so growing up around that uh i mean obviously i'm seeing some of the stuff that i'm hearing in hip-hop or whatever in the music in the rap music um i'm seeing those images around me in the in the life that some of the folks who are a little older than me were uh were living and obviously in my experiences and so um and then when the music came into play like as hip-hop um, began to progress and change, and um, and when uh, I would say, like uh, reality rap or you know gangster rap as you call it, um, became what it became. Um, people where I was from started to gravitate more to that because mm-hmm. they could identify with the images that were being shared in the lim- uh, lyrics a little more, mm-hmm. and um, and even the sound. And so, but then. You get, you have the you have go go as well go go yeah. music um uh for the DC area and stuff in the areas around it and so there's that uh that whole live band um element as well so it's like growing up here I mean I had an appreciation for like you know two turntables and a mic approach but then I had the balance uh, of like appreciating live instrumentation in the live band and the whole um live show experience um you know which Obviously, hip-hop is built around, but it's a different type of live show. So mm-hmm. it just made me flexible with both, really, man, and um, and influenced me to kind of have that appreciation and show, showcase that in my music. Yeah. Know? And, you know, I, I used to li- live in D.C. probably like five years or so, and I, th- th- I you described Maryland perfectly. I mean, mm-hmm. although it's the suburbs, <laughs> in certain parts, you, you know, it's not – it's not all right. pretty, and then right. we talk about the go-go music. Yeah, yeah, that that if people haven't experienced that, they need to one day because it's really like Absolutely. stimulating live live instruments. It's it's good, right. and, and um, I can kind of when, when I'm listening to your, your music and, and it's definitely stuff on this album, I can hear the go-go how you take some of that Maryland sound, the go-go music, and mm-hmm. and ride the beat uh, right. with right. that. So, how would you describe your sound? Um, I think, uh, for me, like when, I, when I'm making my music more than, you know, even though it's like I fall in the genre of rap, it's like, I'm really, I really, uh, set out to, to make soul music. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That mm-hmm. just happens to be, sound more like rap music. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really like every time, man, like every time I, like I write lyrics and stuff, I'm, I'm trying to make um like music that's just going to hit you man like yeah. you know that um y- you know you can't deny the authenticity in it um and and like and that's how I feel like when I listen to Stevie Wonder man like that's what I that's that's how it feels to me it's just the level of authenticity in that man's music and every note played and every word he sings um it's powerful um and it's like I remember the moment I heard a like, I think we all know, like, we got those songs, those anthem songs that get us hype yeah. and make us, you know, like, just riled up and wild out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, one moment that really was very unique for me was the first time I heard a rap song that made me cry. Like, wow. I, I never, like, I'll never forget that moment 
because I didn't know that rap could do that. Right. You know what I mean? And right. so and so when it happened for me, I was just like, damn, like I want to get to the point where right. I can create this this full spectrum of emotion, not right. just anger, not just frustration, not just um, sorrow, but like intense, like, you know, like I want you to damn near weep <laughs> when, <laughs> I, when I share certain experiences or, you know, or just really be a lot more self-reflective by constantly you know, analyzing my, my growth, my, my failures, my, my successes, um, you know, do it in a way that's still accessible to you and make you reflect heavily on you. So I wanted to make rap music that, that really could give that full spectrum of emotion to the listener. And, um, it was balanced, man. And it spoke to you the way soul music uh, speaks to me. And that's a great way to put it. Cause when, when, you know, your beats give off that kind of soul vibe, and then mm-hmm. what you say, I mean, is you don't you don't hold anything back. He, you 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 speak it very well in your words. It's very descriptive. It all blends in. Mm-hmm. I think that makes perfect sense. But I have to ask you something. What sure. hip hop song made you cry? Huh. Uh, the first song that like really hit me in the heart like that was um, Common's uh, "Retrospect for Life." Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, with Lauren Hill. Yeah. Because um, mm-hmm. one, so I mentioned before, I mentioned Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder is like my all-time favorite right. artist, right? And um, and so the hook that Lauren is singing mm-hmm. is a song, um, I Never uh, Thought You Leaving, I Never Dreamed You Leaving Summer by Stevie Wonder. Yeah. And so I, there's a whole story to that song in, in my life already. And so for him using that as the hook, but then talking about, like, I mean, when he says that line, $350 yeah. ain't, ain't worth your soul, mm-hmm. bruh, like, <laughs> going, uh, you know, being through that experience where, you know, you're scared that uh, you might uh, mm-hmm. might be having a baby with a girl that you probably weren't even ready for, like, right. that experience, all of those different elements, man, it was it was the perfect storm. And, uh, and I was just like, damn, I want to be able to do this for someone, you know what I mean? Because... Yeah. I wasn't sad, like, you know, like, you know, like, screw my life, everything's ruined. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was like, they, it was tears, and, and, you know, you felt like you felt bad, but at the same time, um, there was hope in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was really powerful, man. Um, yeah. It was really powerful. So knowing that, you know, how hip-hop can touch you in that way, what made you pursue hip-hop? Was it a certain song? What, what what was it that made you want to become an MZ? Um, it was really my friends. <laughs> it was really it was really my friends. Um, I mean, I love I love hip hop. I love rap music. Um, I love all the elements of hip hop. Like you know, I used to um, do graffiti art. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I used to uh, break at one point in time, um, and I even DJ. And Word. so um, so I've done all of the elements. Um, you know, and but ultimately, rap, like, I remember being at my bus stop or being at school at the lunch table, you know, rapping the lyrics to our favorite songs. And um, and I want to say high school and around the time puberty hit and when my voice started to change and get a little deeper and richer, um, people would hear me rap the lyrics to certain songs. And they was like, damn, man, you sound better than some of the dudes <laughs> who wrote the joints. Um, and, you know, I didn't think that. But, like, but this was the comments that people would say to me. And one of my homeboys, after saying the same thing that I had heard a bunch of times, ultimately was like, man, you you should really try writing your own stuff. You know what I mean? Because you sound dope saying other people's stuff already. And um, and so I did. Like, I had wrote before then, 
but I kind of put it down because nobody was like praising the little bit I had done. Yeah. Um, so I didn't feel confident enough to step out there and do it. Mm-hmm. But, um, but that all changed after that, uh, that high school experience and, uh, came back to the site for a few times and, and got the thumbs up from the homies. You know? <laughs> and what was your, what was your name? Was it, was it Confucius then? Nah, nah, nah. I think I didn't have a rap name at first. It, this is before everyone put little in front of their name. It was either <laughs> you put big or MC in front of your name. And so, like, it was just like Big Stan. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. And then eventually, uh, I, because I used to write, um, like, I used to tag Chaos and then mm. eventually Sketch. Mm. And so um, so I used to go by Chaos for, like, a hot second. Mm. You know, of course, spelled with a K, yeah. about as stereotypical <laughs> as you can be. Um and uh, and then eventually that became Confucius and then substantial by the time I got to college, you know. Nice, nice. So um, now let's talk uh, about your album, The Past is Always Present in the Future. Sure. Explain the title. So um, it's funny, man. The moment that I came up with it, it wasn't like I was doing anything that was like super profound or like, you know, the story of how I came up with the title is super boring. It's just, I was on my way to New York. I was in the car with my wife. My wife was driving. I was thinking about my next album. And then somehow, I don't know what triggered it, but somehow, like, just the sentence, the past is always present in the future, just popped into my head. And uh, and I was like, damn, I think that would be an amazing title. Yeah. Um, and so um, I had a different vision for the album initially. Mm. Um, and then that started to change. And as that changed, then it turned into this idea after speaking with my boy Tone Deaf. Uh, when I told him I was thinking about having four different um, producers only um, really handle the bulk of the production, if not all. And um, and so that's when he told me, he was like, man, you should break it into like four parts, like mm. four EPs almost. Um, he was like, yo, I'm actually doing something similar right now and stuff where it's like I got these couple EPs that's going to drop and then I'm going to drop the whole album. And I was like, okay. And so he, it was his idea for me to do that. So a lot of times people will compare what I was doing to him and I'm like, well, that's why. <laughs> um, and so uh, And so, yeah, man, it's just I really with that title, like when I thought of the – the sentence, I just thought it was like, it was such a powerful statement, yeah. man. Like, um, especially in this day and age where we talk about relevance a lot in hip hop, who's relevant and who isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we mistake relevance sometimes as everyone's talking about you at the moment. And it's really not that like rock him, right. will forever be relevant because you can't get to how people are rapping today if Rakim didn't come in and change the game with his rapping style. Sure. So his so his rapping style advanced hip hop. Mm-hmm. It advanced it advanced MCing. Mm-hmm. And so so therefore he's forever relevant in the story of hip hop because you can't have these MCs today without him right. or in uh, a long list of other MCs who came before him and after. And so um and so in other words, the past is always present in the future in that way. These game changers, these people that come through. Um, and so I like to kind of view myself as a person who is transitioning from, uh, you know, a dude who was once a young guy in this business to like an OG, like an older dude. You know what I mean? I got the salt and pepper in my bed. You know what I mean? It's like I ain't out here playing this young man game no more. It's like I got to find a different approach. Mm-hmm. But while it's getting to a point in my career where like it's easy to kind of say that 
well, maybe if the blogs ain't really covering him and he ain't necessarily doing, you know, two, 300 shows in a year, you know what I mean? How yeah. relevant is he really? When the reality of it is, mm-hmm. your relevancy is really connected to what the what your work has done in, in the grand scheme of things. So, like, there are artists that, like, I've worked with who are doing things in their career that are literally directly directly connected to advice that I gave them, mm. um, or or artists that you work with who you name, and these people are sometimes more popular than you, but like every time they say their name, that's me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, or and it's a long list of other things. Artists like you, I've written for or mm-hmm. uh, or mentored or a long list of other things. So it's really the title to sum it all up is really about relevancy. You know what I mean? And not relevancy, pardon me, legacy. Right. It's really about legacy mm. and how, you know, when you're working towards securing your legacy and making sure your legacy is something that um, you can stand by and be proud of, um, you'll be relevant long after you're, you've left, um, you know, this world physically. You know what I mean? So, right. you know. So what what do you want your legacy to be? Um, I think... It's not even a thing. I know my legacy um, is partly about service. It's partly about um, serving my community, doing what I can to um, to improve things for the for the young ones that came up after me, uh, because I was once them, and I'm only talking to you right now because someone looked out for me, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, and did what they could to to make my path a little easier when I when I traversed it, mm-hmm. and so. Um, so it's definitely partly about service, um, art, like art advocacy, the importance of, of the arts, um, you know, in our daily lives and, and what its influence is and the power that us as artists have. Um, and, and, you know, and very much family as well, man, like uh, making sure that, you know, like we play, we play our roles in our households. We realize that, like, if we're going to improve the world, it starts at home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How we educate our children. Um, what's that, like more important than anything is how our families view us because they, they know you better than anyone. So mm-hmm. the masses could think you're the best person in the world, but your family might think you're a piece of crap. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what, what does that really say? You know what I mean? It's like, who, who knows you better? Mm-hmm. And, so, and so I think my legacy is, is going to be around that service, that our advocacy, and, and that, and, you know, in family, um, you know, I think, uh, I, like, I hope, like, I hope in all of those avenues when people speak of me um, and what my role was in that, um, that they have, you know, they have an awesome story to share with people who might benefit from it, you know. Yeah. Wow. That That is a good answer to that. <laughs> uh, I, I know most people just talk about what the people want to hear about their music, but you took it to the family. You took it outside of just the music realm, which is uh, yeah. which is cool. And, you know, uh, you have a song on your on the, on, on the album called Made in Maryland and mm-hmm. you start talking. I don't know who you're talking in front of, but you talk about giving back to the community yeah. that raised you. H- how are you giving back? Baltimore, but it's only someone's born a PG. Made in America. 
the home of Tubman and Douglas. Name a better rapper from empty to dust. This spare time, Merkham low key with a spare rhyme. Old line, shoulda came up with an old nine. No line, back in Suitland in the 90s. And someone else's hood bag of rappers. You find me whipping ass, taking names for this rap shit was cool. I was either chasing dreams or chasing ass after school. Ditch class, wings of mumbo sauce. During high times, cooking piece of ace old crib. Playing 9 5 live from the home of Martin and Sugar Ray. I'm a shine for every unknown that took the straight in Maryland. And his only son was PG specifically. County might be rich, but we all struggle mentally. Trying to see through imagery, placed here to limit me, killing me. Black and brown, youngest on a killing spree. When you dodge bullets, you would thought I had Trinity. And Zion's best fight is all God and my divinity. Had a rack of brothers, only one that was kin to me. Save my life when they gave a mic independent me. But I'm from the same damn state as Freddie Gray. Different city, but our death could be one right away. In the home of Frank Miller and Dark Knights, nice. thought it was. Nah, you thought right out from Maryland. Don't get it OG, C, King, Joe, D, Steph, Hive, and my Baltimore team. That's my man, Jay Soul, and the young homie, Green. Damn, my friends are dope. Yeah, we really rap. Fans been losing hope. I'ma bring it back. Stan has been dope since Pitty Pack. Kick, ball, jump, rope, and hide, and go get it black. Think I haggle off for weeks just to get a track. The hand of God, some weak shit, picture that. Phelps where the Phelps of Olympian flow. Provide more dope lines than Bolivian coat. Durant on the baseline. Carmelo in the key of strife. Ripping the roof, walking in the field of dreams. But I'm broke in the land of third good. It's mama talk my papa, now I'm out here in your hood somewhere in Maryland. I grew up in the Fresh Rose County, Maryland. Yeah. Uh, yes, it was. And so, um... I've been knowing you work for as long as I've been making music professionals. And so there are a lot of periods of time with this problem. So where you go, don't you quit? So now I'm so told. And you came back? Yeah. And so no matter what I do, you know, it's a very it's very important to me that I'm always back in the community that um, that gave me so much. And um, so I come back, I talk to these little black boys and girls and everybody, whoever's willing to listen, who experienced a lot of the same things that um, I experienced. And so I'm just happy to be here. So, like, during the day, I work as a, a student advocate um, in Prince George's County, Maryland, where I'm from. Um, and so, like, I work with, like, at-risk youth, mm. basically try to provide, like, be somewhat of a mentor to them, um, you know, figure out what their daily needs are and stuff, try to be there and, you know, if they're short on supplies, make sure they got that. They had, like, just had a death in their family or whatever, they can come to me and talk about it. Mm. They're having an issue with a close friend, you know what I mean, be that ear that they need. Um, just so they can get back on track so they can be successful in that building um, and then more importantly in the world. And so, um, and then just, you know, by my, just by my presence alone and being who I am, just showing them like another alternative to what manhood looks like. Right. Um, you know, the music sometimes paints, you know, men in this one light, you know what I mean? Like this is what you should be doing. Like right. uh, if you're from this area and you look like this. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so making sure that I'm I'm this other alternative, 
not that I'm the only thing, like you only can be like me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm right. not pushing that. I'm just like, here's an alternative for you. You determine whether or not this is the better path for you and understand that yours will never be identical to mine. I'm just showing you a different way. And um, and so that's my role there. I also uh, do work um, out in Rockville, Maryland with uh, um, Omega School where it's like I teach um, classes um, at this audio engineering school, uh, like dealing with music industry related stuff. Um, so that I've been, I've built like recording studios for, for different nonprofits. Wow. I've, um, mentored a lot of young people, still mentor a lot of young people. And, you know, and all of this has been, uh, mostly around the area, um, or the cities and towns that I grew up in. Um, you know, or, or, you know, it's, I mean, I, I just, I feel like, you know, I can get on record and say how proud I am of being from Maryland all day. You know what I mean? And I'm not taking shots at anybody else. I'm just like, I can talk about it all day. But the work that I do out in this community, um, the time I spend with these kids, uh, you know, working with like minds, trying to better the community and stuff, you know, I feel like what's the point of me shouting my my city out all the time or, or my state out all the time if I ain't here trying to actually make it better for the people there? Indeed. Yeah. So so doing all this this work, what 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 do you learn from doing this? What does it teach you? Um, it it teaches you a lot about uh, the importance of integrity. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, kids, man, like I man, like I like I truly love working with kids. Like they, they hold you accountable. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not to say adults don't, mm-hmm. but, um, but you know, like I think with adults, if, you know, if there was something you were supposed to do or were expected to do and then you don't come through and it's mainly because it was an inconvenience to you and the adult has an, another adult has an issue with it. You're like, oh, I don't really care. Suck it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but with kids, the one thing I've realized is it can be devastating, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It could literally change their traje- uh, trajectory. Like, the, you know, that that's real. So it makes you work harder um, at making sure that, you know, you keep your word. You do what it is you like what's expected of you. If I say I'm going to be there for you, then I need to make sure I'm there for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, if, you know, and then on top of that, if I say that I'm a person that's about this and um, I, I should carry myself accordingly. And, um, you know, because they're always watching. They may not always speak on everything they see, but they're always watching. Yeah, yes, and so when are. you slip, yeah, so when they when you slip, they, they'll let you know. They'll remind you. <laughs> yeah. And this kind of makes me think about that song on your album called In My Daughter's Eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about the, the youth and how they really hold us accountable and, you know, they learn through our actions. So right. can can you talk about what you want us to truly understand with this song? It's a man's world all about huh. Cause she cool but she not Ladies first only when she put the bot Wanted to take orders, never see her as a soldier Hold up, let me stop acting like I'm not him Like I never womanize her, undermine it 
Want her how I want her, where I want her, when I wanted her In her home she may be treated like a foreigner Tall she only valuable if she got And if she can have a baby boy by Future male chauvinist just like Would you want him for your daughter? How we plan on moving forward in order for us to grow? Gotta stop, slash me from thinking that we better or we own huh. Of course our destinies coincide So I gotta do better from my daughter's eyes So you know you gotta Raise a couple kids or without But employers never give up what they got Who get custody in most cases not Forced to do it with less Always doing the best But a good man, she lucky if she fine Like the same don't apply today, he fine Would you drop everything so you could live a Like she did for you every time you ain't giving up But you talking like she lucky that she not Traumatized her for life, they just shot Forced to find a strength to carry on without Knowing your son can face the same in the bearable pain Cause she know what this cruel world think of What's sadder is the world thinks less of her We all should be mortified I pray we do better in our daughter's eyes So you know we gotta You couldn't do that cause it's for TV showing less real you more Got break your fault Shouldn't lure him like we ain't got self control All playing the role And violence against her done by him Sad cause I ain't really cared till I had her A lot of dudes complacent Most are raising their sons But when they care about losers when they've already won Whether we talking race or battle of the sexes Walking in the shoes most valuable The lessons seeing what my daughter Gotta carry in is heavy being black And a woman know we gotta get her ready Glad I got a queen by my side to help lead her Love her more than life with some things I can't teach her Her foundation must be fortified So we plan to do right in our daughter's eyes So you know you gotta I think a lot of what I'm talking about um, in the song is really just trying to help. It's I, like I almost feel like that some guys will kind of hear it and think uh, like oh, it's a song for like he's trying to appeal to women, mm -hmm. but it's really it's really a song for dudes yep. more than anything. Um, you know, just to be more conscious of like uh, what was it? Uh, what was it? Look, cool. let's go ahead quote uh, quote Nas. You know what I mean, more conscious of the way we raise our daughters. Yeah, you know what I right. mean, like. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, a lot of the same things that, that dudes don't like in certain women that they encounter, it's, it, a lot of it's directly connected to, like, how we treat them, how we raise them, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? 
um, and, and, and how we interact day to day with them. And so, you know, we know the things that like we fall short on that we don't like about ourselves and stuff. And we often we're scared to death that we're, you know, our daughter is going to somehow at some point in time in her life encounter us <laughs> you know what I mean? in a younger form. Yeah. And, and we're scared of that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, instead of being scared of that, let's maybe raise our kids a little differently, not just our daughters, but mm-hmm. our sons as well. Yeah. Let's stop raising them with this idea that they're somehow, uh, yes, they are physically different in some ways, but ultimately they both need the same things. Yeah. Um, let's, let's, you know, raise our daughters to be uh, to be strong in themselves and not subscribe to this idea that because they're a woman, they can't do certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, let's raise our sons, you know what I mean? With, uh, you know, with the, the confidence to know that, yo, like it's, it's okay to show emotion. Like, yeah, this, this, these people may challenge you because you're, you, you're crying when you're sad which is a natural thing, you know what I mean? Like people naturally cry when they're sad unless they were raised in a way that tells them like, nah, you're not supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. Nah, so suck it up. Mm -hmm. And so you have these people who bottle up these emotions and then they, and they go out in the world and you know, the saying is hurt people, hurt people. And so, um, and so, you know, a film that I watched uh, that my wife recommended to me um, along with uh, a long list of articles and different things that I've been reading and, and obviously experiences too, um, uh, like really gave me a lot of food for thought when I was writing the song. The film that uh that uh I tell people to go check out is on um, the mask you live in. The mask um, you live in, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a documentary that pretty much deals with um toxic mas- uh, masculinity. Mm. Um, and so um, you know, and, and how it's uniquely American. Mm, like, nice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's it's not to say that these things don't exist in other countries because it does, Mm -hmm. but there are certain elements of it that are, um, that like is very, is, is uniquely American in some ways. Um, you know, and so again, uh, I, I really just wanted to that song or whatever. I'm thinking of all the young dudes who may listen to that song and, you know, and these kids might grow up with my daughter and ultimately come in my house and, and want to court my daughter, right? <laughs> Take an old school courting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and so I'm just thinking, like, for these dudes who I'm not raising because I'm not their fathers, understanding what my influence may be and what my role is in the world and how I truly believe my role is to, to serve my community and those who, who step foot in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... You know, that was my way of kind of speaking to these dudes, trying to help them see something a little differently. Yeah. You know. So do you, how many children you have? Uh, I got, I have one right now. Okay. So it's just a daughter. Okay. 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 Yeah. Because as, as I was listening to that song, I was like, yeah, he, I was thinking he must have a daughter. This must have triggered some aspect of him writing this song, right? Because um, right. I, I have a daughter too, and I have a son, and right. I feel the same way. Like, like you're saying, like once you have the opposite sex and you have to raise them, uh, you start mm-hmm. to realize all the stuff that you did, and <laughs> yeah. and how you yeah. need, to, and and then you look at your son the same way, and like you said, I think it's it's correct. We have to stop telling our sons to bottle up their emotions. I mean, it right. is it. 
it's a learning experience and it also makes them better people and when it comes to dealing with the opposite sex as well because right. they're able to release their emotions and if we don't learn how to do that that's that's all part of that's all there's that's all education right there so if we don't absolutely teach our males to do that then they're not going to be able to understand how to respond in the right way so that right. is a, a beautiful song thank you brother it means a lot now you start the song the album out with a you come hard on this song called exposition hard yeah thank what, what, you. what is this what is this song about flesh it out for us I'm a true descendant of people who were stolen and traded for all the riches. But I can play the victim, I'm told just to forget it. While they dwell on 9-11 and celebrate independence. But I'm supposed to claim the memory of all the lynching. Shit, I cringe at the thought of giving my daughter whippets. Plus, I see the name that on my family every time I write a check. So how the fuck am I supposed to forget when we ain't safe in churches or even when we comply? The ones paid to protect us, I'm making sure that we die. They say we kill ourselves, we still cheat and we rob. But some of y'all do the same when you're supposed to be on the job And if you really care about the welfare of my people You make sure that the schools for all children will equal Fair competition so they had to rip the game Scared if we catch up then we do they ask the same No, they deserve it but they ask what would Jesus do Bet my bottom dollar he wouldn't be down with you He was the wrong shade you probably do him the same Shoot him seven times while trying to give you his name Right in front of his kids Body them with the chrome Label the threat when all he tried to do was get him home All I'm saying in the future minus our past can never exist Y'all make sure your babies listen to this and wake him up It's ultimately, it's the title without 
without call, like naming the song the title, yeah. you know I mean? <laughs> the, the title of the album. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the past is always present in the future. And mm-hmm. so in this day and age where we have these images that are very reminiscent of things we've seen in our past mm-hmm. that some people would like to believe is somehow behind us, mm-hmm. um, these problems still exist. And so, um, and then there are things from our past which are very much still present. Mm-hmm. Like the, you know, we can write slavery off as this thing that happened like so long ago, depending on who you talk to, <laughs> not realizing that this isn't some, this isn't something that was that far off. That's right. Like there are things we learn about in school that preceded slavery by like thousands of years or hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And slavery is not this old ancient thing. It's not. Right. And more importantly, if you're, um, you know, if you're in the Americas, this country was built on the wealth, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Accumulated by slavery. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, it's really like, I mean, and then there's the line where I talk about, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, plus I see the name that on my family every time I write a check. Yeah. So how the F am I supposed to forget? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, there are constant reminders of us, mm-hmm. uh, rem- reminders of our past, like around us. It's always present. It's always present, mm-hmm. the good and the bad. And so, um, so I just really wanted to start the album, like, it's funny, like musically, it's a very chill backdrop, right? Like it's dark though. So it's like, it's relaxing enough where it's like, okay, like the drums start off a little heavy, um, the, the percussion, I mean, and then, uh, and then like these elements come in where it's like, it's almost otherworldly. Right. (laughs) And so you don't see what's coming. And I think that's the beauty in life sometimes. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's like, you see these elements that make everything look this one way. And then, and then all of a sudden, you know, I mean, lightning strikes and you're like, where the, what the, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, um, and so, yeah, man, I just really, in this day and age where everyone claims to be woke, I just wanted to make sure they were really awake when Mm -hmm. I started. You know what I mean? You had a, you had an ill line in there. You're like, do you remember I'm a true descendant of people who were stolen and traded for all the riches, but I can't play Mm -hmm. the victim. I'm told just to forget it. While they dwell on nine eleven and celebrate independence, <laughs> I was like, "Woo!" Yeah. So, so yeah. in your in your in your opinion, why do you think there are certain people that want us to forget our past? Why is that? Right, because it makes them feel better. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think, uh, like so, if you know, like I I don't know what your what your race is, right? But um, but what I notice, I'm African American. Okay, so <laughs> you know what I mean, uh, like. As African Americans, like I know that we we talk about race a lot because mm-hmm. race plays yeah. a major like role in our daily lives, right? What we can and can't do sometimes, how comfortable we are doing something or saying something because of what we look like, mm-hmm. right? How we act around certain people because we don't just represent uh, ourselves; mm-hmm. we represent our entire race mm-hmm. every time we do something. That's <laughs> right. you know that's not always true. Uh, for for the majority in this country, mm-hmm. and let me be clear, the majority in this country, mm-hmm. not the world, mm-hmm. right? So, um, you know, so it's one of those things that, like, you know, people people want us to forget the bad things that happen to people um, who look like us. It's just like uh, a boyfriend um, that did bad things to his girlfriend or his wife, right? Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't want to, like her to 
Or and this and this also applies the other way around. Like no one wants their significant other to constantly bring up the bad things they did. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like no one does. So I I get it. But the reality of it is if that person continues to do things in that manner that hurts them, Mm -hmm. you know, like then obviously it's going to make them reminisce on this thing that happened before because they're seeing the signs. Now the difference is people are saying, well, if you're so unhappy, like any relationship, you're so unhappy, why don't you leave? And that flips into, well, if you're so unhappy, why don't you go back to Africa? (laughs) First of all, Last time I checked, we didn't choose to come, Mm -hmm. right? So, and a lot of, and there are plenty of Africans that come here, get their money, and go, right? Or get their (laughs) education and go. Lots Mm -hmm. of, there are plenty of foreigners that do just that. Um, But, you know, we don't, like, for for most of us, it's not that simple. Mm -hmm. Like, I had to get DNA results to know exactly, uh, to get an idea of where my descendants were from. Mm -hmm. But prior to that, like, that's not something I just know. You know what I mean? And the unfortunate thing is because of colonization, even if I went back to where where I might initially be from, like European culture has like, you know, infiltrated so many like, you know, Mm -hmm. parts of the world that like you can't get away from it even if you try. So, you know, and I mean, and then there's always the option of you going home. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not your home either. Right. Last time I checked, I'm pretty sure the Native <laughs> Americans are very eager for you to leave. So, you know, but I mean, it is what it is, man. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I, I, I think that that song fits the, the, the title of the album perfectly. You know, it's almost like, like every sentence, you touch a little in the past, you bring a little to the present, and you show how this is continuing and might continue in the future. Almost every yeah. line uh, does that perfectly. Um, you. you have a, uh, another song on there called MLK. Like our ancestors did, use our head to carry weight. Man, they 
shows the movements and now they facing the music misguided warriors can't find a place amongst the movement so you know the guns they shooting cause the streets blind niggas don't see that they're rebutting no more peace prize winner trying to eat my dinner like what's mine is yours really what's mine is eyes need to combine a pile why shine for eyes we can reflect eternally for y'all to take me seriously they have to murder me no respect like the mask got a golden burgundy but certainly bit as this ill belonging infirmary still dreaming temporary setbacks be deferring me but my Coretta no better she ride for eternity we the premise of this song so um you know i think of the uh the quote from um uh chris rock uh where he's like basically talking about how mlk stood for nonviolence. but please believe if you go to mlk like uh, <laughs> martin luther king avenue highway wherever somewhere in this country there's some violence happening right right and so um and so you know i grew up in an area where you know we had we had Martin Luther King uh, Parkway, uh, Martin Luther King Ave and stuff in, um, in D.C. and different, you know, different areas of the city. And same thing for Baltimore as well, where my father's family's from. Um, there's a Martin Luther King up there, as most inner cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just really kind of painting the picture of these different neighborhoods and how, like, yeah, there are these issues, but we're still hopeful, mm-hmm. you know, um, and we're still, like, you know, this whole idea of I don't like I never will be a person that's just like, see these problems you're causing for me and just being like that all the time. I'm going to tell you what I don't like that you're doing, but I'm going to also talk to my family and look at myself and be like, damn, these are things we could be doing better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that song really is like it's the culmination of that, you know, uh, talking about the issue of 
growing up in these uh, these cities where we have like um, you know uh, MLK whatever and um, and the issues that happen around these regions, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. As I was hearing that song, I'm like, is it a conspiracy? Why does every <laughs> Martin Luther King Every uh, uh, street commemorate after Martin Luther King Jr. is like that. It, 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 in my head, I'm like, is it like that on purpose? So as things do progress with us, that those streets right. start to look better? Is this like the baseline, the litmus test streets? I don't know. <laughs> right. Hey, but, you know, it's one of them things. Like, think about it like this. Go. Let's find a mostly white community mm-hmm. in, in a city, right, that I'm talking about, like, that has been historically white. Mm-hmm that actually has a street in it that's named after any African-American. Exactly. <laughs> any. Yeah. I mean, you, you could come into an area that's been historically African-American and found plenty of places named after, like, a long list of historical white people, mm-hmm. you know? And, and you know, but, like, I mean, they're not going to do it in there. It's like, and if they come into a neighborhood that has been historically black, um, and this isn't all. This is just some. Let yeah. me let me not make these uh, sweeping statements, right? Yeah, yeah. Like some people, um, and some would argue all, but <laughs> I'm saying some um, come into these communities, right? That already have an established culture, already have established names and and different things, and parks that have certain names, mm-hmm. and maybe they come through and decide, well, they don't want it to be named that anymore, and then they change the name, and it's mm-hmm. like. Why? So, you know, I think of in D.C., like um, Malcolm X Park, which is now uh, Meridian Park or something oh, like that. Oh, boy. Yeah. And, it had, and it had a different name before that. But now mm-hmm. the neighborhood is mostly white. And so instead of keeping Malcolm X Park, it now is, you know, Meridian Park or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And so, who like, why can't this nice this nice neighborhood, like, n- keep this, this name that honors, like, this historical figure? Mm-hmm. And I get it. Malcolm X is one of those people that when you know his history and stuff, mm-hmm. like people are divided. Mm-hmm. But as a, but an important part of his history that people forget is at the time that he was killed. That's right. He was he was becoming more open mm-hmm. to collaborating with all people, mm-hmm. not just not just blacks, but like he understood, like, you know, there was strength in our unity. Mm-hmm. And so and that's something to think about, like when he became more conscious of that and was trying to find a way to get to, to work with. Like when he was praying alongside people that that like looked like his oppressor before, mm-hmm. and he started becoming open to these other ideas, he shot down shortly after. That's right, right? Yeah. And so I'm, and so now think about the history of this country, and and when you think of the creation of uh, uh, of whiteness, and like and and how that was, uh, uh, you know, the the whole social structure of whiteness and why it was created. You know, these poor people who are like are white, black, you know, native, uh, are starting to work together because they realize we, we all are poor together. Mm-hmm. And this group of people over here holds the wealth. And so if we work together, maybe we can get some of that wealth for ourselves. And then they realize that's a problem. It was like, no, we can't have them working together. We got to th- make them think that they're just like us, even though they're not. Right. You know what I mean? Just because their skin looks like ours and they're better than these other people, so you shouldn't be working with them. Mm-hmm. And so, again, People starting to get together, fight the real problem, and then find, folks find a way to take it down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you're correct because um, the same thing with I was thinking like if if 
this the phenomenon a lot of people are starting to move back into the city right now right. what's going to happen to these martin luther king avenues and drives what are they right. going to rename what are they, they going to rename those i mean everybody if they're going to think about anybody they're going to think about martin luther king and what good he stands for but let's see what happens really once the right. gentrification starts to happen in these neighborhoods, are you going to keep it Martin Luther King Drive? Or are you going to call it Martin Luther Drive or something like? How right. are you? <laughs> how are you going to be Martin Luther? Right. <laughs> Martin Luther <laughs> <laughs> King and Junior, get it out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Luther Drive. <laughs> yeah. Um. And the dude that's on that song with you, he is flowing. Oh yeah, man, C. King. Man, he is yeah. killing it, killing it. Yeah, killing C. King it. is super dope. I gotta call him this weekend so we can finish this project he's doing man oh word okay. he is uh yeah he's a um an amazing artist man like super dope rapper uh arguably one of my favorite to ever do it from this area oh man um, okay yeah yeah um i've known him since he was 13 years old and i was 17 oh, wow. and um uh, and so like i went to uh, high school with his big brother and uh, when his brother went off to college like i kind of took him under my wing um and was like working with him with the music and stuff and so, uh, yeah, man, like, he's just, he's been dope since he was 13. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. He's a grown man, and he's still, he's still sick with it, man. So, yeah, he was riding that beat. I was like, man. Oh, yeah. He yeah. get busy, man. Yeah. Lyrically, flow, voice, everything. Yeah. Full package. So you have another song in there called No Better Time. You waiting on me. You waiting on him. You waiting on her. You waiting on them. Waiting on a miracle to fall out the sky with your blessing. There ain't no better time than the present. You waiting on me, waiting on him, you waiting on her, you waiting on them. Waiting for a miracle to fall from the sky with your blessing. But ain't no better time than the present. Let's get it. Seconds, minutes, the hours turning into days. Power, these months becoming years and these fears becoming towers. Looming over your hopes and plans becoming sour. Then dreams beget regret, regress and then devour. Time waiting for none. Gift is in the present. You presently doing nothing so nothing is in your presence. Gotta put in that work cause work is in the essence. It's faith without some action is death and misblessings. This wishing and praying never changes situation so if you're going to god pray for motivation gotta get up and get it being alive and vivid don't be like moses waiting for Aaron. you go and finish in the end he mass himself and got the win or be like jacob ready to wrestle with seraphim find your voice true find your step dude let's get it together stop sitting with waiting on me you waiting on him you waiting on her you waiting on them you waiting on the miracle Fall out the sky with your blessing. There ain't no better time than the present. You waiting on me, waiting on him, waiting on her, waiting on them. Waiting for a miracle to fall from the sky with your blessing. There ain't no better time than the present. Let's get it. Rather talk me to death than walk in the life you always 
wanted is haunting you in your dreams at night. What you could have had, should have did, would have got on. But the fat lady center stays singing that song. Cause you don't know what you got till it's gone. Can't miss what you ain't had all along. What better time than the present? The present's better than time. Even if you only shine for a second. 15 minutes of fame, eternally forgotten. Or try to live forever are the options. Waiting on me, you waiting on him. Waiting on her, you waiting on them. Waiting on the miracle to fall out the sky with your blessing. There ain't no better time than the present. You waiting on me, waiting on him. Waiting on her, waiting on them. Waiting for a miracle to fall from the sky with your blessing. There ain't no better time than the present. Let's get it. Your potential, it will never come out. out. So what you waiting on? On you, so what you waiting on? Your potential, it will never come out. you, everything counts. What What do you want us to take away from this song? Basically, you know. Um, I felt that in the in the portion of the album, um, in the present portion of the album, there needed to be a song about the importance of acting now, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that can apply to so many different things. I think the song is more more focused on you kind of stepping up to do what it, whatever it takes for you to be great now mm-hmm. um, and, and begin working on your legacy. Um, but, like, the reality of it is that applies to so many different things. There you know, when we think of politics and why some people won't vote for a certain candidate because they think that the world's not ready for these ideas and the ideology that is associated with that candidate. Mm-hmm. So they don't think that's something we're ready for now. However, at the same time, they believe that our current state is terrible, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and even though they want some of the things that candidate has to offer, they just don't believe that someone will possibly put that candidate in place because their ideas are too radical. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think of of history again going back to our past there's so many like i mean you know blacks being free was a radical idea at one point in time mm-hmm. you know yeah, what i'm saying right um and there's a long list of things that people thought was crazy until someone decided today's the day right you know and so it's important for us to say you know to step up and, and whatever it is we've been working to, uh, toward or whatever it is we truly want for ourselves our people our families um, you know, act now, you know, I mean, still plan, you know, yeah. put some, uh, you know, but you're going to have to put that plan into action at some point. And how you are know? you, how are you able to do that? I think, um, part of it is knowing that like, I'm not, there's not this, I'm not waiting for my prayers to be answered. Part of it is knowing that like, I'm not waiting for someone to give me what I believe is rightfully mine. Um, and so it's, so me, I just, I wake up and say, oh, I need this. I need to figure out how I'm going to get it. And if that involves me doing a whole lot of reading and research one day, if that involves me saving up so I can get the money to do this, if that involves me spending several hours in the studio writing or creating or, or drawing or designing, with all the other things I do, um, I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to sit around waiting for someone else to kind of give me the green light to do it. Um, if if I feel like it needs to happen, I'm, I'm going to put that plan in action and get it done. Was there something that was instilled in you that made made you this way, or is there someone that you think influenced you? I think ultimately, 
you know, it was, a lot of my life was, you know, it's it's crazy because I'm the youngest sibling, but a lot of my siblings like are much older than me, and so they were out of the house. Mm. And so if I if there were things I wanted to get done, like if I came home and my mom didn't cook, I had to cook. <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Dinner wasn't going to fall from the sky, be like I had to get up and cook. So, um, you know, if I like there was equipment that I wanted to get so I could make music. And my mom, you know, she's single mother. Her job only pays so well, so she couldn't afford to buy me stuff outright. And so I had skill, so I used my art, um, like, a lot of times to kind of hustle and get money up or whatever. And, like, I'd meet my mom halfway, like, yo, I'll put up half if you put up the other half. Mm-hmm. It was just always, like, you know, when I realized I had the skill and that I could make money, using the scale, like my hustler mentality kicked in because I'm surrounded by dudes who, who either selling weed or other things in my neighborhood and they get money one way. But then I was like, wait a minute, I thought we don't like the cops. So why we keep doing stuff that bring the cops around? You know what I'm so I got to find out a hustle that's going to keep these bombers away from me because they come around even when I ain't doing nothing. So, and uh-huh. you know, the other thing that kind of helped me be more of a go-getter was like, I had talented friends. I still got extremely talented friends who sometimes I call up and I ask for a favor. Now, because they're talented, they're oftentimes extremely busy with what they got going on. Mm-hmm. So as much as they want to look out for me because I'm their man, their schedule won't allow them to do it. And so a lot of what I had to learn how to do came out of necessity. Like, I needed these things, but I didn't have people who were willing to do it for me. Mm-hmm. But they teach me a little something or point me in the right direction. And I had a, a, a lot of homeboys that was doing that, that, uh, you know, that ultimately motivated me to be like, fine, I'll do it myself, and I go <laughs> learn. Mm-hmm. But even though I learned how to do it on my own, if they hadn't told me no but still encouraged me to figure it out and mm-hmm. say things like, dude, you're a smart dude, you're mm-hmm. a talented dude, it's not as hard as you think. Mm-hmm. Just try this, get this, get that. Trust me, you're good. And um, and that's what it was, you know. Yeah, wow. And you know, and and that kind of leads into your song Subway. The line was orange on January 7th. A star was born. Stayed a seat pleasant till my mom and I moved on to the next stop. Come ride along. Left pops, mom tired of the fight and the tears. So in Landover's where I spent my formative years. While living here, met my oldest of peers. Underprivileged, yet I'm overcoming my fears. Robberies and shootings, now we got a suitland. Right behind my high school to focus on my schooling. No longer boosting, now I'm beat looping. Pre to the junior, writing with a hoop pen. Pen and blue lines from Pentagon to Addison. Battle rap, dumb, funny like Billy Madison. Battling till my name spread like a pathogen. This is just a start, I can feel it in my abdomen. All I see is lines, letters, colors. Sipping right wide, plenty numbers. Running through my mind, what to make of it? It'll make sense one day. All I see is lines, letters, colors, zipping right wide. Plenty numbers, limits the sky. Ready, coming. Take the subway. 
left Maryland, but I'm still spitting these bars. Next stop, Brooklyn, off of Clinton and Brosh. New York, New York, was the city of gods and hip hop. Big stage, hope they give me a bar. Took the four to Union Square, raps like was galore. Or the eight of West Fourth, hoping I'm in the store. Fat beat, show love, I thought I made it for sure. Years later, all city on the NY tour. Now, all I see is lines, letters, colors, zipping right wide. Plenty numbers running through my mind, what to make of it. It'll make sense one day. All I see is lines, letters, colors, zipping right wide. Plenty numbers, limits the sky, ready, coming. Take the subway. Yeah. Take the J to Kashuf, go to see the old crib, or the two to Flatbush, another place that I live. Shot the JFK, first Tokyo trip, bullet train like magic, blew my whole brain to bits. Everything changing, chances be taking, more time at Grand Central and Penn Station. OT brazen, confidence amazing, where my train of thought took me with a little training. All I see is lines, letters, colors, zipping right wide, plenty numbers running through my mind, what to make of it. It'll make sense one day. All I see is lines, letters, colors, zipping right wide. Plenty numbers, limits the sky. Ready, coming. Take the subway. Headed back to MD, had a family to start. Now in Baltimore City, couple minutes from the park. Spending time in DC, teaching youth and ripping mics. Killer showing you street and been in road, I save a life. Did the same on Southern Ave, teaching kids to rhyme and more. If I wasn't with the youth, highly likely I'm on tour. Then a brother junior passed, rocked the family to the court. Relocated to VA to hold the fam down for sure. Out in the burbs, not too far from Dunlawry. Nice with the verbs, and I'm far from Dunlawry. Now we in Huntington, and I'm maturing. Still in PG every day, cause I'm a sub. Boredom, where it all started, head home someday. Journey's never easy, but I'll make it home some way. Some tracks are curved and some straight. Not everybody will. It seems like this song's talking takes us on a journey through your life pursuing hip hop. And to do that, you have to have a certain fire in your in, within yourself to motivate yourself to do that. So, w- what advice do you have for? young, inspiring MCs who are thinking about pursuing music? Um, it's funny. I, I usually go with the generic answer, and only because it's super true. Like, you want to be successful in anything, don't give up. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really like, here's all the generic statements. Don't give up. <laughs> don't be scared of hard work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Don't be scared to fail. Learn from your failures. Your failures. Like, the reason why you hear those generic statements all the time yeah. is because they're true. They're so true. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's lessons in those failures. Like the only, you know, another cliche joint. The only, I mean, the biggest difference between the the person that failed and the person yeah. that succeeded, <laughs> you know, was the guy like that the succeeded was willing to fail more mm-hmm. until he finally got it. Mm-hmm. And so again, all of them. All of these things are cliches, but they're the truth. They are the truth. It's the, it's the, it's the truth. They're hard to you do. Know? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like it takes a special type of person to mm-hmm. to wake up every day and say, I'm going to get back up here and try this thing that I just failed at like 100 days in a row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it, you, you got to be a, you got to be different. You got to be built different, man. Like you got to you can't just rely on the praise of others. You got to learn to praise yourself and, and build yourself up. Um, and you know, and, uh, and believe in yourself. Like I said, I tell people like, man, you got to believe in yourself the way people believe in God. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's, 
you know, people love giving God like all the praise, mm-hmm. all the glory, and then blame the devil for everything that bad that happens to him. You right. know what I mean? When it's all supposed to be God plan. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, uh, but the reality of it is, it's like, you know, I, I said it in a song, like believing in yourself is believing in God. Yeah. If you believe you, if you believe that you are a child of God and, and, and if you're really a child of God or whatever, you know, that means that God lives in you, right? right? God, you are like, you're connected. There's no separating that. Mm-hmm. And so believe, not believing in yourself is to not believe in the most high. That's how I see it. You're yeah. not going to convince me otherwise. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's, it's, look, throw another cliche. God don't give you nothing you can't have. <laughs> right. 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 You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, man, if, you know, it's so many. I mean, I got like a million cliches I can throw at you. <laughs> and, it's, and so it's always feel weird when young dudes ask me because it's just like, look, I'm about to give you a whole bunch of statements you probably heard 50 times. And the fact you're still asking this question means that you ain't hear it the last 49 times. So <laughs> listen, <laughs> don't give up. Yeah. I mean. I'm only talking to you right now because, you know, a bunch of other dudes who who were pretty dope at one point in time decided to stop trying. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. You know what I mean? And so I didn't give up. I still I still I still like rapping. I still enjoy hip hop culture. Um, it's still very much a part of my everyday. Yeah. And so I ain't going nowhere. And so, you know, yeah, and I it, just kept. I mean, you hit right on it. I mean. As I just think about things in my life, I'm thinking about those times where I constantly failed at what I did, but I didn't stop. And then it just right. happens, you know, it's right. lessons learned. And then you look back and realize, wow, that journey wasn't as hard as I thought. All it was was trying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which can be very hard for some people. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about some things outside of your music. W- sure. When you're not pursuing music, what what, what are you doing? <laughs> um. Man, uh, if when I'm not doing music, a lot of times, you know, like as I mentioned before, I'm working with kids in mm-hmm. some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm spending a lot of time with my family. These days, I'm more of a homebody. Like, I get out there, network from time to time and stuff. Um, but for real, for real, man, if I could be, you know, at home uh, next to my wife, my daughter, like playing a couple feet away, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. or, or, kick, or kicking in with the kid, I mean, it was one year, like, I had every intent of going to South by Southwest. And then at the last minute, I want to say, like, two days before, I canceled my plans, took the pay that I was about to spend to get out there, and, and bought me and my daughter a Wii U. Uh, <laughs> you know nice. what I'm saying? Yeah. It was just like, I mean, I could go rap and network, and or I could just stay home and play Mario Kart with my daughter. So I think I'm going to do that. Sounds better. <laughs> yeah. And so, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just taking in life, man, like, uh, you know, we're we're family of foodies, man. So we're out there trying whatever, like whatever new restaurant we find out about, and you know, comic book heads. So me and my daughter build oh, on okay. that, yeah. And uh, anime, so you can find us up in the convention from time to time. Oh wow, anime, man. I, yeah. You know, I I deep down I wish I was in the anime because they look they're they're so proud of of. of of dressing like that, and and their and their right. their little culture just seems so close knit. You know, you you can't yeah. just envy it. <laughs> yeah, man, listen, it's 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 a great experience. It's like, I would say, well, where are you from? Where where are you based at? I'm based in Atlanta right now. Okay, cool. So 
So most cities, most major cities have some type of anime convention mm-hmm. of some sort, right? But, like, before going to a convention, like, you really just kind of, you got to take in, you got to figure out, think about, like, what type of movie you like. Mm-hmm. And know that depending on what type of movie you like, uh, you know, there's probably anime that, like, isn't too far removed from that, mm-hmm. right? And so, and then you start with that. And then when you find something you like, like, if you like sci-fi, you know what I mean? Um, Ghost in the Shell is a good place to start. Because Ghost in the Shell, like, if you like The Matrix, Ghost in the Shell helped inspire The Matrix. Oh, really? Okay. And so, right. And so that's a good place to start. Um, and they just did a live-action version of it, which is crap. Uh, so I heard. I didn't see it myself. <laughs> so everyone's saying it's crap. So I would say start with the original and then start with the, 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 new, the newer one that they, um, the newer anime they made. If you like sci-fi. Now, if you like martial arts, you know what I mean? Um like things dealing with ninjas and like old Japan and stuff like that. Something like Ninja Scroll or Samurai oh, yeah. 7, mm-hmm. um, which, uh, you know, those are classics, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and so that's like anybody who's looking to get an anime and start, say, start with that. But if you like, like uh, drama or like uh, just kind of like stuff dealing with like, like there's this new one that just, uh, well, it's not super new, but there's one called Your Name that came out where it's a little bit of drama it's a uh, kind of like buddy film, but not um, so funny at times, but then deals with sci-fi a little bit as well. You know what I mean? Um, and deals with like time travels, by, like swapping bodies with people and all types of craziness. But like it's super dope and it's family friendly. So you can watch, you know what I mean? So it's literally a type of anime for everyone. Um, so who got you, know? you into it? Did, were you already into it or did your daughter get you into it? Nah, I was already into oh, okay. it uh, before my daughter was born. Um, I got into it while I was in high school. Uh, again, like, you know, where I grew up was the quote-unquote hood, right? Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't nobody in my neighborhood that was like, yo, man, you seen Ninja Scroll? Nobody was saying that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You yeah. seen Ninja Scroll? <laughs> nobody was saying that. And so it was more like um, I think one day I went to school and we had a substitute. And, and then you, you tell this is a long time ago, showing my age right now. Um, <laughs> like the dude, the homie roll, he goes to one of the other classrooms and rolls in the TV with the VCR, like mm, bolted to the yeah. joint. <laughs> so he he rolled that joint in the room, teaches, teaches like, um, what are you doing? And he tells the sub, hey, we wanted to watch this cartoon. Is that okay? The sub is like, sure, that's fine. <laughs> kind of old for cartoons, but sure. So, you know, he uh, and this dude throws in um, – Oh, what flick was it? Ah, oh, man. It's based on a fighting game. I know the joint, but uh, but anyway, he throws in this anime based off this popular fighting game. It wasn't Street Fighter. It was this other joint. And so he throws in that, and in the opening scene, this dude gets shot at. Money catches the bullet with two fingers, looks at the bullet, and then throws it into the dude's head. <laughs> you were hooked. Hey, I'm like, hey, sign me up for whatever. <laughs> they make that's like this and then i was a street fighter fan too mm-hmm. and street fighter had a dope anime at the time that my homeboy let me use it was completely in japanese no subtitles and it was still the dopest thing i had ever seen <laughs> who's your dude Cartoon. though uh you said what who was your who's your who's your character in street fighter oh man uh i played with chun lee the most oh, hey, um, chun lee oh, yeah yeah right. i was a chun lee fan okay. um and then uh but I was one of them dudes who kind of prided myself on being really good with all of them. Yeah. Um, so I so I could pretty much give someone some decent comp. Like, it didn't matter if I ended up with E. Honda or Dodd or somebody like that. You mm-hmm. was going to get that work either way. 
I don't, I don't <laughs> know, know, man. I'm pretty good, though. I don't know. I, I don't know, oh, I'm rusty these days. You know what <laughs> yeah. So Marcus D, when I link up with him, he stay giving me the business on, <laughs> on his uh, – because he got the arcade joint in the crib. Oh, wow, yeah. Cheat code. I'm playing on the, the Wii U right, these days. Right, And it's like – so I don't have an arcade-style joint. So anytime I get on the arcade joint, I, I get – I get <laughs> you know, I get smashed. It's terrible. <laughs> so <clears throat> the show is called Book Speaks and Beyond, and okay. I, I'm always asking – what books are you reading now or have read that you want to share with us that had an impact on you? Sure. Uh, so one book, and it's funny, it's right next to me right now. Um, there's a, a good book that my friend, uh, Victorious Tall, him and a brother named Alfred Duncan, um, have a book called Man Uplifting. Man. Um, yeah, it's crazy because a lot of what they talk about in the book kind of ties in to some of what um, I was speaking on dealing with the song in my daughter's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of like reevaluating this, this idea of what manhood is and, and how it, and how we treat other people in regards to our manhood. And so um, it's a really powerful book. Most people are probably familiar with um, Alfred Duncan because uh, like of the hashtag forever Duncan, the, mm-hmm. the joint where my man. Yeah. So like when you saw a dude like propose, do a surprise proposal and get married to um, his girl all in the same day. Um, it had her wedding dress made. Everything was ready all same day. Um, and so the best man at that joint was a good friend of mine who I actually worked with. And then Alfred, um, I know him uh, through the scene as well. And so, so anyway, that's a really good book, man. That kind of like talks about manhood. It's basically the tagline is a new standard for love, leadership, and loyalty. Um, mm. uh, and so, yeah, it's a short book, quick read, man, really good. I was reading it while I was on tour in Europe. Um, another one, uh, like, for people who like, like, if you're a Chuck Palahniuk fan, I like Chuck, uh, Chuck Palahniuk. He, um, yeah, he's he's different. He's the brother that, um, he's the guy, he's the, the guy that wrote um, Fight Club. Oh, so, uh, yeah, so the book Fight Club is one thing, but some of his other books, there's this book called Lullaby. Um, which I like a lot. Lullaby, um, uh, you know, basically the premise is this guy, he's a, um, he's a journalist who is doing a, um, he's doing a piece on sudden infant death syndrome. Mm. And so the one thing that he finds that's connecting all the cases he's been studying is this book that's found on the scene, (laughs) um, at, at these different things. And, um, and you know how, like some books, if you leave them open for a long period of time on one particular page, when you just kind of drop the book, it'll kind of turn right. to that. Right. And so what he notices is that it keeps turning to this one particular piece. Mm-hmm. And that piece, um, has the power of life and death. Like you read it to someone and it literally takes their life from them. What? And so, um, yeah, it's dope. Like, <laughs> I was like, man, this is a, it's a, it's a very different, story like and he has a, a very unique way of telling stories i mean you know that if you've seen fight club so. yeah dang um, maybe i don't want to read that one because if i leave a book yeah. on a page i don't like i don't <laughs> want nothing to happen right <laughs> right right and so uh yeah man so if you like uh some fictional writing um like chuck polinick i think is really dope um and then uh one other one if i was to recommend one more um can't stop won't stop uh by jeff chang um which is pretty much like a, a history of like the hip hop generation. Mm. Um, great, great, great read. Not just because, you know, you say you like hip hop and you want to know a little more about the hip hop, uh, hip hop scene and stuff, but more so like to understand 
the conditions like that created hip hop culture. Mm. Um, and that also deal with, I mean, cause it talks, it talks about so much systematic racism and, um, and like political uh, troubles in the, um, in Jamaica and a long list of other things happening that kind of was like this, you know, to say what I said earlier, it was like this perfect storm mm-hmm. that like all of these things happening that, that helped give birth to, to hip hop culture. And so, uh, it's a really, really, really good read, man. I think I, I think I saw that one before. Yeah, I think I heard yeah. good things about that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what three albums and or songs had the biggest influence on shaping who you are? Wow. Ah, that's a hard question. Um, three. If I had to only pick three albums or songs, or songs. Yeah. I think I'm gonna go with albums. I think I'm gonna go with albums. Um, the three, the first two that I think. Uh, Hold on, let me get my third first. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, damn, because I listen to so much music or whatever. It's mm. like, I hate to just leave it with just hip-hop because I listen to a lot more, but yeah. I'm going to go ahead and be honest. Um, so the three albums that come to mind uh, um, is uh, Tribe Called Quest, uh, uh, Tribe's uh, second album. Um, oh, yeah. And then... Uh, Red's first album, um, Red Man's first album, and what was the oh, and Common's Resurrection. Oh wow! Um, and the reason why I say because I I really feel like if you listen, if you've listened to me my whole career, my I feel like my style, what I talk like how I talk about the things I talk about, um, and then those moments where I give you a little battle rap stuff or whatever. I feel like it's a little comb it's kind of a little bit of those three albums, so to speak. Yeah. Um you know, that. the jazz, yeah, the jazz influence or whatever here in my production. Mm-hmm. That's tribe all day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um you know, the introspective rhymes, that's common. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean common was also witty with the wittiness of a red a red man and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, while even though I don't necessarily rap um about, you know, some of the things that red raps about that ability to kind of to be able to deliver even a conscious rhyme in a like in an aggressive way that kind of lets you know that even though I'm talking about like hey let's save the world and help our community even though <laughs> I'm rapping like that I can still spit it in a way that you know that hey man this dude can really rap right. like he like he talk about saving the world but he might just bust your ass in the fight, <laughs> you know what I'm saying right. um and so I feel like my style and um my and even the kind of man that I am is is probably a a, a like somewhat of a reflection of those projects. Um, Common's Resurrection album was major growth for him as an artist, mm-hmm. um, but also was showing some of his growth as a young man. Um, and so I feel like, um, you know, my growth, my development, and stuff like uh. Uh, like you know, that album is almost like a reflection of that. And then Red is an MC. The reason why I love Red Man is because he's this hood dude that doesn't take himself too seriously. Yeah. And so I'm a dude that's from a area that's very much like areas that you've heard dudes rap about a million times, right? I'm from that uh, a similar element. Maybe not as bad as Compton per se, but definitely rougher than some places you've been, right? Mm-hmm. And so 
However, like a red man, it's like, you know, I, I know that we, you know, I know that this stuff's crazy and all of that, but I still love it. And I, that's one of the things I love about Redman, dude. Like, yeah. it's like it, he he loves he loves the hood. He loves the hoodness in himself. I don't even hoodness. I don't know if that's a word. If, so I just it's I just a good. It, it makes sense. There it is. <laughs> Boom. There it is. Y'all walk, you're, you're welcome, America. And so, like, they, he he's not shame. He doesn't shame himself or his community. Like he's mm-hmm. proud of where he's from. And so that. In that, and, and he's just and like, and then he's an MC. Like he understands the importance of the live show, and like, and and making sure that people that support you, like, know that you're not gonna let them let them down ever. Mm-hmm. And so um, that consistency that he has, I feel like that's something um, that's reflected in the man I am now. Um, and you know, and just that soulfulness that that's tribe man, like. Tribe is that soulful hip hop, like yeah. just that 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 what I wanted to to create, like some music that spoke to you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even when they didn't say much, like it's still just you just felt it to your core. Absolutely. And um, that creativity and all of that. So it's all the thing, all of those albums had things I wanted to aspire to have as an artist, but even as a man as well. Those are some good albums, man. I got those on my shelf. I know I said shelf people, you know, it's not MP3. I got the CD. (laughs) So what do you want people to mainly take away from, from your, from this album? Um, I think that if we all thought about more about our legacy and, and how we will be remembered, um, if we, if that's something that we grew to care about a little more, I think that we maybe would treat each other a little differently. And I think that it would help us understand, like, you know, I mean, one one thing I do really like about, um, you know, shout out uh, Logic, who's from Maryland. One thing I do like about um, his new album mm-hmm. is this, uh, there's this interlude where, like, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson is basically talking about how, like, yo, we're everyone, yeah. right? How we're all connected. Like, when you're doing wrong to someone, you're doing wrong to yourself. And so... Like when you think of what your legacy is, like you think about your worst moment. Like think about your your that moment you fell short. Like is that how you want to be remembered? Is that really how you want people to to like remember you when your grandkids are sitting around and talking about their grandfather? Like you know, I mean, hell, man, I'll make it more personal. Like, um, like I loved my father. My my father was a flawed man. And um and while I respected certain things he did, there are certain things that I learned that he did after like he passed. That that shit is unforgivable. And I don't know if I can curse, so my yeah, bad. That's fine, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but um I've been trying to cut back. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um but yeah, there uh, there are things in his past and um that he did that are very much like unforgivable for the people that he did that to and it's stuff that I'm not proud of. Mm-hmm. And so that makes you reflect heavily on how you wish to be remembered. Like what, what it is, man. Like, you know, um, and so ultimately I think what this album represents is like, you know, people who like, I feel like it represents myself obviously, but then the people in the world who, who live their life day in and day out, constantly thinking, living in the moment, 
reflecting on their past, but also consistently thinking about what the future will hold for those they care about. And, and hopefully some of the people they'll never get to physically come in contact with um, and, and know that their legacy will hopefully play a positive role in someone um, else's life other than their own, you know? Yeah. Well, I want to say that this album is truly a great album in regards to, you know, reflecting on my, on, on ourselves and also building confidence in, in ourselves as well. Um, I think you did an incredible job with this album and just want to say thank, thank you. you. And um, thank you. how can people get in contact with you or follow you? Sure. Uh, my website is IamSubstantial.com. Um, you know, it has links to all my social media, everything. Uh, but if you're just uh, just want to go directly to the social media on on Twitter, it's I am substantial, uh, and then on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, actually, it's uh, Substantial Music. You know. Well, Substantial, thank you so much for being on Books, Beats, and Beyond. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. If you want to purchase any of the music. I've included links in the show notes. Or you could just go to booksbeatsandbeyond.com. And, you know, what's cool is by clicking on the links, you support the guests, the music artists, and uh, we get a small commission, which is no extra cost to you, which we would then put toward the operations of this show. Um, and also, please click on the iTunes link to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And if you do this stuff already just want to say thank you so much for your support remember let's read listen explore